Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, it's Sarcasm Speaks. Jared and Bob here. Uh, it's a game one of a two-game doubleheader for us, uh, but this is the first episode. Um, so this is going to be tomorrow, right on Monday. Uh, so I figured if we had if we had any football takes, we'd get them out of the way now early. Um, first of all, being I guess chronologically for us. Um, Maybe not necessarily once anyone is listening to this, but we're in the middle of the uh, Green Bay Dallas game, and uh, turns out Green Bay is putting the fucking hurting on Dallas. So Dallas sucks. Dallas does suck. Um, I want to pull this up quickly, and they beat up on no ones all year. I want to take a victory lap here, uh, because today at. 10.31 a.m., I tweeted this out. Um, the Dallas Cowboys have played eight games this season against the six worst teams by record in the NFL and lost to one of them. They also lost to Buffalo, Miami, San Fran, and they lost one of their two games to Philly. So, and then I, I put in a, an asterisk and go, you can also toss in the Jets, who have the 10th overall pick. So, the teams that they played that have top six draft picks, again, the worst six teams in the NFL by record, right? So they played the New York Giants twice, who have the sixth overall pick, right? By Again, just by record, they're the sixth worst team in the NFL. They played the Cardinals. They lost to the Cardinals, who have the fourth overall pick. Uh, they played the Patriots, who have the third overall pick. Uh, they played the Chargers in week six, who have the fifth overall pick. Uh, they played Giants again in week 10. Week 11, they played the Panthers, who have the number one overall pick uh, as the worst team in the NFL. Although the Panthers don't have their own first, they still are are granted the, the number one pick that will end up on Chicago. And then in week 12, they played the Washington Commanders, who hold the number two overall pick, who they then played again in week 18. So that is, if you're if you're going by draft pick, that is... Of 17 games, they played nine games. More than half of their games were against teams that have a top 10 draft pick in the upcoming NFL draft. That's how bad their schedule was this year. The hardest part of their schedule, right? Because the, the earliest, the early part in, you know, prior to their bye in week seven, again, they played the Giants, Jets, Cardinals, Patriots a real team in the 49ers who they lost to, and then the Chargers. And then they went on by. So then they came back, played the Rams, Eagles, but then they had the Giants, Panthers, Commanders. So their toughest stretch of their schedule was from week 13 to 17, where they played the Seahawks, Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, and Lions. They went three and two. In that stretch, and they barely beat the Lions. They should have lost to the Lions. Yeah, yeah, they 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 squeaked that, one out against that the game. Lions. Should have went to overtime. You know what? That's actually not fair because if McCarthy, because I, I bet on this game, if McCarthy wasn't an idiot, it actually should it should have been a um. So they would have been up seven. They should have won that game by. No, they were up four. 
They probably should have won that or up by five. They should, probably should have won that game by eight. I can't figure out the math. They should have won that game by, by, you know, with ease. And then they gave the ball away. And then Dan Campbell fucking fucked it all up. Right. Right. Because McCarthy threw the ball on second down, which then le- I think it led to a field goal. I want to say it did. And then the Lions just went right back down the field, scored, and then couldn't convert for two to win. And they did not kick an extra point to tie. Right. Right. Yeah. So, you know, very easily could have went two and three in their their toughest five-game stretch of the season. Um, well, that's like people are talking about their offense. It's like, oh, they averaged 37. It's like – Yeah, the offense they played. So the offense didn't average 37 because didn't that one guy have six pick sixes? Right. Yeah, the team the team averaged 37. I don't know what the yeah, offense The offense averaged. did not average 37. Right, right. The offense also – or the team averaged 37 with all those defensive touchdowns against shitty fucking teams. Right, right. So, yeah, shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. Um, I am surprised that Green Bay is playing this well. Um, but, yeah, kind of. They're probably the second hottest team in the NFC behind the Rams. Rams? Um, the Rams? Uh, as Aaron Jones breaks another massive run. Um I mean, I think the way the the Rams and the and the Packers ended the season, they were playing like the two best teams in the NFC. Well, the thing that so this is this is something that's always with the Packers is like you really never know their health. Well, yeah, but like it just seems like they they always have an organizational health issue, yeah, or an availability issue. So it's like I don't know who these receivers are, and it's like how do you know if they're any good? Because it's like. Christian Watson missed whatever time. Dubs missed whatever time. Is he Dubs, Dobbs, Dubs? I don't even know. Dobbs. Dobbs. Romeo Dobbs. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> Luke Musgrave just pulled a Chris Hogan. <laughs> they just didn't cover him down the field. That was fucking hilarious. I might be behind you for once. Yep. I think I'm behind. Ah. Uh. Oh around. wow! I'm never, I'm never ahead. Yeah, you're usually, you're usually behind me. We're not even on the same time. You're way ahead. Yeah, that was great. He literally just pulled a Chris Hogan. The zero human defense. Yeah. Yeah, not even close. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I mean, it's like so, and it's also hard because Jordan Love hasn't started games before, right? So when he comes out and he's like, his completion percentage was fucking nauseating. He was like 33rd in, in completion percentage at one point. Yeah. He was bad well, the first half of the season. Like there was no if well, and they were also he two was, and five was, at the time. He was bad. I don't know. They seem to figure it out either that. So I actually think LaFleur might be a better coach than we think. Suck it, LaFleur. Um, Because it's like, oh, well, he had Aaron Rodgers before. And it's like, yeah, he did. Now he doesn't, and he somehow right. figured out that Jordan Love train wreck situation because it yeah. was not – it was fucking ugly. He turned Jordan Love from 
arguably the worst quarterback in the NFL. I know, I know Mac Jones is up there, but he was, he was one of the worst, right? Um, to, I saw the a stat at the beginning of the game since week 12, Jordan Love has the number one passer rating in the NFL. Yeah. So literally night and day from first half to second half. So, I mean, some of that goes to the head coach. And I know it, it's kind of a knock against what I've been talking about, and this is going to kind of segue into my next topic here. Um, but I've always been saying, like, you know, I want a head coach that's going to be a head coach and not a guy that's going to have his fucking face in a play sheet. Um, but Matt LaFleur is that guy, right? He's the guy that ha- he calls plays. He calls the offense from the sideline. Nathaniel fucking Hackett was the OC. Yeah. Last year or the year before, uh, he was there for a little bit. No, he was there. Oh, because he was a head coach years ago. He went to the Broncos and got fired. That's right. Oh, that was and that was bad. He was at the Broncos for like a year and a half. They fired him he, in the second I, year. Are you sure he even made it to that second year? Um, I think that second year would have been this year, and he did not make it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not super sure. <laughs> I don't think he made it past the first season. They might have let him go um, in the first season. Yeah, he was only there for one year. So yeah, he he was the Broncos coach in twenty two. So in twenty one, he was like the best OC ever. Yeah, but he didn't call the plays. <laughs> it's always been Lafleur. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I. I you know, like I said, despite me not really liking that whole end of it, um, it certainly worked out for him. And to your point, I think he is a good coach. Um, and that's just my opinion, right? Like, obviously, Andy Reid is one of the greatest coaches of all time. Um, and he has his face in the Cheesecake Factory menu. That's his offensive play calling sheet, right? He calls plays. So well, he has to because you don't want fucking Matt Nagy doing it. Well, yeah, that's for sure. Um, but even when Eric Bieniemy was there, Reed was still calling plays. Even when right. he had, um, did he have Doug Peterson in Philadelphia? No. I mean, Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson might have been in Kansas City. Yeah, I think he, he was. definitely worked under. He he worked under Andy Reed. Yeah, I don't know if he was an OC or if a quarterbacks coach. I don't know exactly know his role. Like, you know, Andy Reid has, has had all these guys that are offensive coordinators that are, you know, allegedly pretty good. Um, and he's the play caller. So it's, it's not to say that it can't work, right? But I think that I would prefer my head coach to be a head coach, um, which again is kind of a segue into the next point is that the Patriots have a new head coach. In the time, in the time that we last recorded, um, they have the Patriots have fired Bill Belichick and hired a new coach. <laughs> you would think we haven't recorded in like a fucking month, <laughs> but um, they 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 let Bill go, um, rightfully so, right? I, it was time. I mean, we've been talking about on this show for two years now that it's it's run its course, um, and they named Gerard Mayo to be the head coach, who I think again, is going to be a real head coach. I don't think he's going to be on the sideline calling 
the defensive plays, right? He, I don't think he calls the defensive plays now. Well, that's the thing is, I don't think he's ever called defensive plays. So why would he start now? Right. Exactly. Um, so I like the, I, I actually like the hiring. Um, I, I don't know enough to know if I'm in the minority or the majority. Um, but I've seen a lot of like the beat writers be like, oh, they never even did interviews or like any of this stuff. And it's like, okay, yeah, but they identified this guy last year, right? And for anyone that doesn't know, it's not familiar, they wrote a stipulation into his contract last year because other teams were starting to request to interview him for their head coaching jobs, Carolina in particular, which thank God they didn't, he, he said no. So the Carolina Panthers requested to interview Mayo for their head coaching job last year. He said no. He turned them down. Um, or the owner. Right. And as a result, um, Kraft wrote into his contract a stipulation that if and when Bill Belichick leaves the team and Mayo is still under contract, he's the next head coach. So the NFL has this rule, apparently, that I didn't know of until this week, that if a, a coach on the staff, a current coach on the staff, has a, a, a succession plan written into his contract, then the team does not need to conduct interviews. They can just name that person the head coach, right? Because again, anyone yeah, that's a he, football fan, they know like the Rooney rule and, you know, typically teams will have to, you know, interview people and you have to interview at least two minorities now with the, the update to the Rooney rule and things like that. So the only uh, wrinkle is the NFL does have to approve the succession plan. So like all 32 teams can't just right do that. Right. Right. It's also very rare that it happens. I want to say it's happened like four times in like 20 years. Yeah, probably. I can't I think of any other scenario off the top of my head. Yeah, I forget I forget the others. I know um Jim Mar like, Jr. in Seattle was one. I was gonna say I felt like Seattle, but I thought it might have been home. No. Was it Holmgren? I forget when, who came after. When Holmgren, like Holmgren. was left. it Jim Mara? Yeah, for some reason I feel like Mike Holmgren was involved in one of those situations. But I don't know if it was when he was in Green Bay or when he was like if it was Mike McCarthy had that had it written in his deal to step in after Holmgren in Green Bay, or if it was um Jim Mora in Seattle. Well, Jim Mora in Seattle was definitely one. I don't remember the other ones. If I can pull, I pulled up one article. If I can do it, yes, I can. Um, yes, he can. So, uh, Ravens GM in 2018 was a succession okay. plan. Jim Caldwell in Indy was a succession plan. And Jim Mara after Mike Holmgren was a succession okay. plan. Yeah, I knew I like I said I knew Holmgren was involved at, at some point. So, so the Ravens was uh, Ozzie Newsome, right? After he left, yeah, it was Newsome to the guy now, DeCosta or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I don't hate the hire. I think it's a good. I think it's a good hire. I think the players are gonna like it, like him, right? They already do. A lot of them already do. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how he fills out the staff. Um, 
like I think technically Bill O'Brien is still under contract. So if he wants him, that's his guy, right? Um, kind of like got caddy by the end or like throughout the season. If for anyone that follows, you know, in the New England area, uh, which is most of the people who listen, but you know, they would ask Bill O'Brien questions about the offense because it was so bad. And he'd be like, I just, you know, deal with the guys that are out there. And they're like, so you don't have any say? And he goes, I don't make the roster decisions. So like, he was very like bitchy about it when people were asking him questions. I don't think he was allowed to do what he needed to do. Right. Right. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like he wasn't allowed to play the players he wanted to play. Right. Wasn't allowed to bring in the guys in the off season that he wanted. Right. So, like, I mean, even, it turns like, out, even, I mean, of, of, of all he was the people, right? Yeah, but of all the people too, Farrell Brown ended up being a pretty solid fucking tight end throughout the year, and that's Bill O'Brien's guy. He played for him in Houston. I think he drafted him in Houston. Yeah, but earlier in the season, he wanted he wanted Pop Douglas playing like right away. Yeah, yeah, and wasn't allowed to. Right. And then same thing with like the offensive line, like. The offensive City, line. City so ended up being a solid right guard. Yeah, but the problem is like the offensive line coach, everyone's like, oh, I got to fire Clem. You got to fire Clem. It's like, what did you want him to do? There was no plan in the offseason. Right. right. He didn't give him any players. Right. So how the fuck is that on the coach? There right. was no right tackle. There was no, like you brought in Riley Rife and he wasn't healthy. Right. So effectively you did not bring in a right tackle. Right. And your plan was a disgruntled Trent Brown. Right. A Wenu got run out of town the first time he was here because he quit on the team. And you brought him back. Well, he also was bitching last year because he was supposed to play right or last year, the year before he was supposed to play right tackle, but they had him playing left tackle. And that's not what his contract was. It's like, right, right, right. So the guy's already disgruntled. Yeah. Uh, Awenu Andrews, strange, fine. The health wasn't there, but right, that was a fine plan. But you you went into it with no right tackle. Yeah. Then the then the guy that you thought was going to play couldn't. So in training camp, you made two late trades for bums. Yes. And then Strange got hurt, and Awenu had to kick out. So now you're starting rookies. Right. And Mafi was not ready to go. Sal did no. fine. Yeah. It's a fucking joke. Yeah. And so you, in the, you the had thing no health about and Clem, no personnel. Clem missed half the season because he had some health issue come up. No, like Bill never got into it. I, but I mean, rumors and, you know, Twitter and everything said that they think they might, he might have found cancer somewhere so he was undergoing like treatments to get it treated so the they hired adrian clem right to be their offensive line coach who was heralded from oregon and everyone he said said he was awesome and he missed half the year your your offensive line coach couldn't even you know be healthy i mean i know that's an awful way to put it if he did have cancer but you know he he couldn't be present right to do his job he's just trying to relate to the players man yeah. <laughs> if you're not going to be here half the season, neither am I. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, you know, that's how obviously, you guys. 
you hope he's he's all good and and ready to go. And again, there was no confirmation that it was even cancer, but you know, it if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, right? Um but yeah, so I mean, I don't know, we'll see. I mean, the team's still not going to be good. That's the, that's the thing that I think a lot of um a lot of Patriots fans don't get now. So they're like, "Oh, you know, Gerard Mayo's here and we'll draft Drake May and everything will be great." And it's like, oh, "We'll be cuz everyone keeps saying, look at Houston, right? Because Houston brought in Demico Ryans, who was a former player for the Texans. It's his first time playing, also a linebacker too, oddly enough. Um First time as a head coach comes in, they draft CJ Stroud, number two overall, and they make the playoffs and they look really good. Right. And it's like, that is not what's going to happen with the Patriots. It's just not going to happen. There's, there's too much going on because look at the Texans roster outside of that, right? They already had Laramie Tunsil, who is arguably the number one left tackle in the game right now. Like they they put up a, a statistic of every time Laramie Tunsil has gone against Miles Garrett over the last like two year two or three years, Miles Garrett has one quarterback pressure. He's got zero sacks. Miles Garrett, who's probably going to be the defensive player of the year this year, has one quarterback pressure when he goes against Laramie Tunsil. Like they they have a franchise left tackle, right? Um, the rest of their offensive line is solid. They also have what's turning into be a stud in Nico Collins. He's a second year player, second or third year player. Uh, and then he got hurt, but they had a, a phenomenal rookie in Tank Dell who ended up breaking his leg and missing the, the second half of the year or the last few games of the year. But like, they're a way more complete team. Oh, and by the way, they drafted C.J. Stroud, number two overall. They hit on that. But then they also drafted Will Anderson because they had two first-round picks. And Will Anderson's probably going to win Rookie Defensive Player of the Year. So what are the odds that you think that scenario is going to happen to the Patriots now? Like, just because we like they hired a former linebacker to be their new head coach and they have a draft pick that could end up being a quarterback... Right. It's like, oh, well, we'll just be the Texans. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's that fucking easy. It's that easy. Like yeah, people that, are well, just the other thing too. People are like, oh, the Texans, they turned it around in one year. Did they though? Because they drafted Stingley. He yep. was third overall. Yeah. They drafted Stroud and Anderson. That was two and three overall. Um, I don't even know where else their picks have come, but they weren't very good for quite a few years. Yeah. 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 I love that. Oh, the Texans turned it around in one year. They didn't. No, they didn't actually. <laughs> yeah. Cause they acquired Tunsil however many years back. Right. They, they haven't been good since JJ Watt was on the team. So, yeah, like that's the thing. The Texans, they didn't do it overnight. Yeah. So the Patriots, but the, and then this is the problem is the Patriots have under contract as it stands right now. 
they do not have a starting left tackle or right tackle. I would say that the center is highly questionable. He's probably going to retire. As I would say, as to whether his football career is going to continue. Yeah. You have no tight ends. And I believe I mean literally zero. Uh, Gesicki might still be under contract. I don't think he is. I don't know about Farrell Brown. I don't know about Matt Sokol. Yeah, my guy. (laughs) I'm pretty sure Gesicki only signed a one-year deal. Okay. Your receiver room is Douglas Booty Thornton. And then it's hot hot garbage. Between Juju and Parker, I think you owe both of them like $35 million. Not just next year, thank God. But Oh, no, yeah, no, I mean like in total. Be, yeah, total remaining. Stupid. Because I was looking uh, at it, like I would I would like to cut both of them, but you can't. No, you have to trade them. Yeah. And you're not going to trade Juju. So your, your, your only hope is to trade Parker, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, you have no quarterback. Yep. So the only positions you really have is left guard on offense because defense is actually fine. Right. There's some signings I'd like to see, but fine. Uh, On offense, you have a left guard and a right guard under contract. The center's questionable. And you have like your slot receiver. Slot receiver and running back. This team is not going to be good. No. So I pulled up the the Texans, by the way, while you were talking. <laughs> yeah, they did it. They did it overnight, right? They did it in one year. They made the playoffs in 2019. They were 10 and six, right? They they won their division. They won the the AFC South in 2019. In 2020, they went four and 12. In 2021, they went four and 13. In 2022. They went three thirteen and one, and now this year in twenty twenty three they went ten and seven and won their division. But yeah, overnight. they did they did it overnight. Overnight, <laughs> it's a one year turnaround. <laughs> now I will say the one thing that does keep me like somewhat optimistic with new head coach coming from the defensive side of this dude. This defense has been good since twenty eighteen. Yeah, this is a very good defense. They've been and for all the things that we bitch about on offense, no health, no talent, whatever. You could argue same thing on defense. Definitely no health. The talent's a little bit better. Their two best players on defense, arguably, uh, certainly their best. No, their two best. Their two best players on defense got hurt hurt for the entire year, which is crazy to say that your second best player on defense was was a rookie. But but I mean, Christian Gonzalez looks like he's going to be an absolute fucking stud. Well, the way you started the year, too, it was Jonathan Jones. He stayed, and he was mostly healthy. He missed some games, but fine. Gonzalez got hurt. Marcus Jones got hurt. Jack Jones got cut. Right. So you were playing Sean Wade, Alex Austin, Jalen Mills, Miles Bryant. Those two were supposed to be safeties, but they're back at corner because you have (laughs) no one. (laughs) Fucking insane, dude. Yeah. And the defense was still good. Right. So I right. like that someone from that side of the ball is staying and I don't know how he's going to do his staff. Like, um, I don't know if Steve Belichick stays, Brian Belichick stays, they both go. 
don't I'm not super worried about it. Yeah, Covington's like the D line coach, so he could be the DC. Whatever. Yeah. Like something works there. Uh also the NFL is just trash. So you don't really need to ha- be like elite in all these positions because the uh, frankly head coaches and quarterbacks in the NFL suck. So yeah. like there's no reason Dallas should be losing by 32 points right now. Like no. that just shows you how bad some of these teams are. All yeah. year they look so good, so good. Look at these guys. Wow, wow, wow. Look at that. 37 points per game. You're getting your ass kicked. Absolute ass kicked by the yeah. Packers. At home, too. And it's been all year. Like Flacco looked so fucking good. So yeah. he turned into a pumpkin. Right. Now, Stroud looks good. D'Amico Ryans looks good. Right. But year to year fucking changes shit, man. Like, look yeah. how bad Jacksonville looked this year. Or look how they good looked it, awful. Look how good Mac Jones looked as a rookie. And then what happened after his rookie year? He's had two he's had two years following that where yeah. he looks like dog shit. He actually looks and that's the thing is if he just stayed as 2021 rookie, you'd be like, Oh, well, I don't know if you give him the fifth year. He hasn't really progressed, whatever. He has regressed. He's gotten worse oh, yeah. each year. He's gotten worse every year. So, you know, and then it's like, and then none of these guys can stay healthy. That's the other thing, too. If you can get a quarterback that plays all 17 games, you are going to be a borderline playoff team, and I don't care who I think I saw are. a statistic that there were only six starting They're quarterbacks. They're on the playoffs. Yeah. Six starting quarterbacks that started all 17 games, and all six of them are in the playoffs. So if you just have a quarterback that stays healthy for 17 games, and this is the shit I fucking hear every day. Oh, line, uh, whatever. If you keep your fucking quarterback healthy, you have a shot at the playoffs in this in this day's NFL. Right. I saw because someone. Someone, I saw someone, someone will tweeted, get hurt. Um, someone tweeted not that long ago, and it was like, we we now are finding out how spoiled we were growing up that we lived in the era of the greatest quarterbacks in the NFL in history. Do you think about all the quarterbacks that played like we grew we really did grow up in the golden age of NFL quarterbacks all in one year, right? In one let's let's pick a random year, right? Pick 2009, right? All right, yeah, I think let's go 2009 cuz I think Brett Favre was hadn't was retired yet. Oh yeah, he was playing for the Vikings then. So in 2009, you had uh, we'll go Brett Favre, right? I know he was old, but still you had Vikings. Brett Favre. They went to the NFC Championship game. Yeah, you had They lost. So you had Favre, you had Brady, Manning, Breeze, Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, Rivers. um Philip Rivers, Matt Ryan, um Flacco, wherever you want to put him yeah, on. Yeah, Joe list. Flacco. Uh like who else who else were some of the I bet you if I pull up 2009 quarterback statistics and just read the names on that list it's going to fucking be unreal. Yeah, I don't know again, like we did just rattle off like quite a few to be perfectly honest, but like Carson Palmer was playing. Yeah. Um Tony Kurt Romo, Warner. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, so here's here's the list of all the guys that uh that that played in 2009. 
Peyton Manning, Tony Romo, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers, Brett Favre, Eli Manning, Kurt Warner, Jay Cutler, Joe Flacco, Donovan McNabb, Carson Palmer, Matt Hasselbeck, Matt Ryan, Alex Smith, Matt Stafford, Vince, uh, I don't count Vince Young. Um, that was, I would say that was the first. So until you got to, fuck, I forget the, uh, until you got to Jay Cutler, I thought all those guys were Hall of Famers. Uh, yeah. One guy was like marginal, but. Um, Dante Culpepper was still in the league. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't he played, 2004, he played, Dante Culpepper. Yeah, I know. He played, he played five games that year. <laughs> um, But that was the thing is like all of those quarterbacks in today's NFL. Michael Vick. Would be, yep, there he, you go. He was 2009. David Garrard might have still been playing. Like, he was, yeah. He played. He was playing for Jacksonville. And that's in like that's the the funny thing is, any of those guys, they are like, you put any of those like like, yeah. Let's take. Um, sorry, you put one of those one of those guys on the Dolphins love last night, and they, at least they have a fucking pulse. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the other thing too is like. So there's partly like a societal thing where it's like, oh, got to protect the players and how they're feeling, whatever. Like, dude, these guys. And dude, I, Matt they, Schaub led the league in passing in 2009. They have it. Like, if so there you go. There's Matt Schaub. If you put Matt Schaub on the Dolphins last night, like. He slings it, but he probably doesn't win. You put Phillip Rivers on that team. Oh, yeah. Oh, and like, absolutely. Mahomes might not win that game. Right. It's crazy. That's crazy. But now but Matt the, Schaub led the league in passing in 2000. The players don't but this this is the other thing. The players don't stay healthy. And I don't and I think this is like, you know, a crackpot theory. I think it's a little bit of the game has definitely like changed towards the health of the players. Like Brett Favre was addicted to painkillers and fucking <laughs> yeah. Walking who knows, fucking who knows crooked. what else. Yeah. Um Sending dick pics. Yeah, doing God knows what. Hashing <laughs> out fucking how he was going to rob the Mississippi Welfare Fund. <laughs> but, like, they always played. They played through yeah. everything. These guys, so even if these guys want to, they kind of can't. Yeah. I also think, with the athleticism on defense, these guys got to move more. That's why they get more ankles and Achilles and knees and all that yeah. stuff. Like, some of these guys could have stood back there like a fucking statue and just not get touched. So let's let's say let we can we can play this two ways, right? You can take someone like um like Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, or Lamar Jackson, right? Well, stay away from Mahomes because Mahomes, I mean, he had a down year this year, but all signs point to Mahomes is gonna be one of the greatest to ever play the game, right? Um, you would think if he, you would again, think. he's just going to stay healthy. Yeah. I mean, if, if the next, you know, six years, he has three years like this year, um, then he won't be right. But uh, yeah, but watch out because dude, like they might go into, they might have to go into Buffalo. Do you really think God, do you trust Josh Allen to win that game? No, no. Now they'll probably be a favorite on points. I actually don't know if a sports book can lay. Kansas City as a dog. 
unless they really think Buffalo is going to win that game, in which case then lay him as a dog, getting God knows how many points, and then everybody in the entire world will be on Kansas City as a dog getting points. Right. I think it might have to be Kansas City like minus one in Buffalo, but I'm no handicapper. So seriously, like that line is shit. Yeah. I'm telling you that that line is shit because I do I don't set lines, and I've never tried to even guess. But like I'm just I'm just trying to think out loud. Do you really tr- like Kansas City going into Buffalo? Do you really like the Bills' chances of winning that game? No, I don't like it at all. No. So make Kansas City a three point favorite. <laughs> like I, again, yeah. I don't know how to set lines. I mean, they might they might be a two point favorite or something. Might be you know? more. Yeah. Might be more. And everyone's sitting here. Oh, the Chiefs. I don't know. They're going to get back to the AFC Championship game, most likely. Yeah. The only thing that would suck is if they had... No, it won't be possible. Because they would get... Because if the Steelers upset the Bills, the Steelers are playing the Ravens. Who's that lead? Oh, the Texans. Oh, my God. Yeah. They got to play the Texans. Yeah. Like, at home. Te- Houston's going to fucking Kansas City? Yeah, no way. I'll just take the points. Or I'm sorry. Yeah. I'll lay the points. Doesn't yeah. matter how many. Yeah. Um. So so what I was gonna say was that there's two ways to play the game, right? So you can take the the top guys from now and put them back then and see where they stack, or vice versa, right? So let's so let's this is what I mean. So take Burrow, Allen, and Lamar Jackson, and let's bring them back to this list of guys from 2009. Where would you rank Josh Allen right now if he played in 2009? Because he's he's these those three guys are three of the top four quarterbacks in the NFL, like without any question, right? Yeah, it's it's, Mah- it's Mahomes, and then it's those three. Yeah, it's going to be tough though because Josh Allen then is this is 2009, so the past the defensive rules were still in play. Josh Allen then is going to lose a lot more games. So he's he, behind, he's, he's behind he's John Kitna. So he's behind Manning, Rogers, Brady, Breeze, Rivers. Rivers. Probably behind Matt Ryan. 2009 Matt Ryan and current Josh Allen are probably very similar players. Yeah, that's that's probably fair. I'll take that. Um I might take Carson Palmer over him though. 2009 Carson Palmer? Yeah. Who was he playing? Raiders? No, that was Cincinnati still. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah. He was 30 years old in 2009. Yeah, I mean, I would like I would want Carson Palmer. He was better at taking care of the ball, or at least I remember him being better at taking care of the ball. Yeah. I mean, he still threw his picks. Don't get me wrong. So, I mean, the number two quarterback in the NFL now, right now, is probably... Not a top ten guy in two thousand nine. No, I don't think he is. Like I don't know. I don't know how many names I just listed off. I would also. I mean, he's borderline top. He might be eleven, right? But I was going to say, but eleven to seventeen from two thousand nine are all really close. So it's like, right? He, you know, might be top fifteen depending on how you look at it, but he might not be top fifteen. But like, eleven. I mean, the, the guy that I think holds up is Lamar Jackson. Because he has a different skill set. Yeah, I think generally, Lamar Jackson would, would probably still be top five. Generally, he takes care of the ball. Yep. 
So now here's the other thing, though. I mean, Joe Burrow. When the Ravens get to run Joe, their offense, Joe Burrow in 2009. Joe Burrow's not a he's top gonna, ten. He he's not a top ten quarterback. Not over those guys. Yeah. So here's the thing with Lamar Jackson, though, because of the times, right? Because it is a different game, right? He was he any better than Michael Vick? You think? Because I think Vick threw it better than he did. Yeah, I think he's more physically gifted than Michael Vick. I think Vick had a better arm, an ability to see passing. Yeah, that's fair. But I think Lamar okay. Jackson is bigger, stronger, faster. Like he's a he's a better. He's like have a you noticed, physical have you, specimen. Have you have you noticed though? That Lamar Jackson's been much more um, calculated about when he's running the ball now. Oh yeah, no, for sure. He's 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 figuring it out. He's he's growing as a quarterback for sure. I think he loses more games in that NFL than this NFL because of who's on the other side. So ultimately, in two thousand nine, you got to win. But you like think you have about to be a winner. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a that's six years later though too, right? I was gonna say think about Cam Newton, right? Like I think Lamar Jackson is. It's hard to call him a better Cam Newton because Cam Newton was fucking huge. He was like six five, like yeah, it's a different because he's he's faster and harder to tackle. But Cam was just running people over. Yeah, and I he think Lamar throws, Jackson's probably six three, like two thirty. Kind of have a feeling he throws a better ball than Cam. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, that my thing was like, well, look at what Cam did in that NFL. But that to call it that NFL, that was six years later, and he didn't win. You know, he also only did it for a year. Yeah. And how did that Super Bowl go? Right. Yeah. <laughs> LOL. So. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I said, I, of all the guys, I think Lamar Jackson's probably the one that holds up the most. But he even might, still, just, if he's, if he's the, third, gifts, but the third best quarterback right now. He ain't top five. In no, but he's, but he's top 10. Yeah, probably because, you know, I mean, again, there's other things too. So it's like the 2000, like, I mean, if he's on the Ravens in 2009, like they're going to play to his strength. Like, yeah, it's the whole thing. Right. Like, they, like they do now. They play to his strengths. Harbaugh was still the coach. Like, right. it's actually a very similar situation. So then the other thing you can do is flip it, right? So if you take like the the 10th best quarterback from 2009, right? So if we go Manning, Brady, Breeze, Rodgers, Roethlisberger, Rivers. Um, from there, I mean, it's kind of a crapshoot. So let's go Rivers, right? I mean, Favre was still kicking around at 40 years old, but but let's go Philip Rivers. If if 2009 Philip Rivers played today, at, he was probably the what I, I list him as like the seventh or eighth best quarterback in 2009. He's number two. He's he's only behind Mahomes. He's better than Allen. It's it's going to be tight between him and Lamar. But I, I so I think Lamar holds on to the three spot, but he's certainly better than Allen and Burrow. He would fit this NFL really good, doing a lot of stupid shit. But he'd be healthy. He would, he would throw for like six thousand yards. <laughs> <laughs> 
Jay Cutler would too. Yeah, yeah. Jay Cutler would would have six thousand yards and thirty two interceptions. <laughs> it's also it's just one of those things too. Like he'd be healthy, or he would play. Like that's the thing. Right. He would play more. Like these guys can't make it a full fucking season. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I, what, all that I to say, just need to stay healthy. Yeah, yeah, and that the the your game quarterback doesn't have to be that different. good. You just need to be healthy. Right, right, agreed. And then if you want to win playoff games, yes, you need to be good and healthy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but if you just want to get to the playoffs, you just need to be healthy. Pretty much, and have your coach not be fucking drooling on himself. Yeah, your coach can't be. That's why Tomlin always gets there. Right. Yeah, I think now finally, 17 years in to his his reign as a head coach in Pittsburgh, people are finally recognizing that Tomlin's a good coach. He's never had a losing season in Pittsburgh. Really? Yeah. I thought he had I thought he had one. He no. never had like a 5 and 11 year. No, he's never had a losing season. That's fucking crazy. But he's definitely missed the coach. playoffs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. missed the playoffs. That's fine. We don't have to look it up. I think that is correct. Because well, I got it. I got it right here. So starting in 2007, 10 and 6, 12 and 4, 9 and 7, 12 and 4, 12 and 4, 8 and 8, 8 and 8, 11 and 5, 10 and 6, 11 and 5, 13 and 3, 9, 6 and 1, 8 and 8, 12 and 4, 9, 7 and 1, 9 and 8, 10 and 7. Never had a losing record as a head coach <laughs> in 17 years. <laughs> He's won one, lost one. Yeah. Yep. And this season, people are finally starting to say he's one of the best coaches. <laughs> well, dude, look around. It took 17 These years. These guys are idiots, man. Yeah. But I think that also kind of attests to how good the coaching used to be, too. Like, the game is just different. Right, like the game's just different, but you can do the same I think, thing we just I did think, with quarterbacks with coaches. Right, Mike Tomlin is yeah, a, a top five NFL coach today, but in two thousand nine, he probably wasn't top ten because the coaches then were again that good. Yeah, and I will say, like, there's also times now, and I'm not going to blame anal- analytics because that's fucking lazy, but, um. There's definitely times now you hire somebody and you know that they have no coaching skills. Right. They just know how to fit whatever formula they're trying to fit. Yeah. Well, that's why I love the Dan Campbell hiring, right? Like, and and that again, you I go back to like the guy that's going to be the head coach, right? The guy should be the leader of the team, not like oh, I'm so involved in calling plays, right? And I know I said it can work, right? Because Andy Reid has made it work. Um, But I think to be really that good, you have to be the leader of the team. Which is, again... Well, it it, it comes back... Like, back in the day, it used to be you had to get the guys to play for you. Right. Well, that was the the Bill Belichick in, was it 2009? Yeah, you can't get the guys to fucking play for me. Like yeah, Gary Adel- Adelius Thomas. <laughs> yeah. Adelius Thomas um, pulled a Charizard. <laughs> it was like, yeah, fuck you. 
I'm not listening. Um, yeah, it's like, like what, like Arthur Smith has to go somewhere. Why would anybody listen to that guy? What a fucking dork. Yeah. And if you're on the outside looking in, and like, let's say you're a star. Let, let's say you're um, the Bengals, and let's pretend you have an OC opening. And Zach Taylor comes down and goes, "Hey guys, what do you think?" Of, he goes to Burrow and Chase, Mixon. Hey, what do you guys think of Arthur Smith? And like the guy that couldn't figure out how to use Bijan Robinson, uh, Drake London, and Drake Kyle London Pitts. and Kyle <laughs> Pitts. I think we're good. Yeah. You want to like oh the guy that put fucking Cordaro Patterson at like regularly as a running back when you have <laughs> Bijan Robinson? Yeah, yeah, and Tyler Algier who ran for a thousand yards a year before him. Mean, he might have got hurt. I don't know. I didn't hear shit from him later in the season. But like, no. Yeah, yeah. We're all especially good with that in guy. this, especially in this NFL where Jamar, Jamar Chase is going to only look at how many targets am I getting? Right. <laughs> Not enough. Right. <laughs> You go to fucking Minnesota. You go to Justin Jefferson. Hey, we're thinking about bringing Arthur Smith as an OC. No. Yeah. Nope. Nope. I oh, saw good. what he did there. Nope. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how anybody hires him after what he did in Atlanta. Well, but... someone will because he because he does he he does know what he's doing. Yeah. He's just not very good at it. And he turns every offense into the fucking Tennessee Titans. Hey. Get out of there. Pickett's trying to fucking eat something over on the end table. I don't know what it is. Love, love that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean that's uh sarcasm speaks on football. <laughs> yep. Um let's see. Before we wrap things up here. Um, I got one thing that I want to get to as a follow-up to something we talked about. Uh, I don't know if it was the last episode or the episode before, uh, but we talked about how the Massachusetts, uh, state budget was like the deficit, the deficit was, yeah, Cronenberg. It was absolutely fucking insane. Um, well, governor Healy. Uh, has decided that she has figured out some ways to to help that budget deficit. Um, one of them is the 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 I think one of the big ones is to cut funding to fire departments in the state. I figured she would have picked police first. Yeah, I know, right? Well, they probably well, are. They've been gutted so much. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So who knows? Right. Um, so I think mass health actually, what the fuck? I don't know what the fuck she's doing. Over there. Um, but mass health, it says is bearing the brunt of the $375 million that she's going to slash from the state budget. Um, so let's see behavioral health is losing or behavioral health supports, whatever that encompasses, um, is losing 5.2 million. 
Housing services and counseling is $5 million. Uh, grants to local fire departments is $1.6 million. Um, parks, much to the chagrin of uh, Leslie Nope, uh, is losing uh, $775,000. And economic development projects are losing $11.3 million. So all of these will fall under the budgetary knife. Uh, as Healy's office says, it looks to rein in costs while avoiding cuts to core functions of state government. I didn't know the uh, fire department was not considered a core function of the state government. <laughs> so, and this is where it gets good too, right? So remember this because for the people that are in Massachusetts, right? Because everyone was like, oh no, we vote for Healy because she's a Democrat and Democrats are great. And this state is fantastic, right? Uh, truthfully, I don't remember who the Republican candidate was. He's probably a cunt because they all are. But this, this, this is the thing that I guarantee you, I'm too lazy and I don't have it in front of me. I'm not going to go up, go back and look at like the, the stances she took during her campaign. But I bet you as a Democrat from Massachusetts, she was in support of education. Well, the area that she targeted to cut during these budget cuts is uh, to include grants for high school enrollments at $2.5 million, uh, local public safety, whatever that amounts to, uh, $1.5 million, uh, and grants to local public health boards at $2.5 million, and grants to look councils on aging at $1 million. So education is getting cut. They're cutting $2.5 million out of the education budget in the state, which again, I'm sure if you went back, which I'm not going to do, and found all the things she talks about on the campaign trail, she was probably talking about how, you know, we need to focus on education and make education better. And Massachusetts is a beacon of education and blah, 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 and Harvard, MIT, blah, blah, blah. Um, well, now she's cutting funding to education in the state. So that's fun. Um, the $1 billion tax cut package that lawmakers passed last year will remain untouched. I don't know anything about that. Um, I have no idea what that's about, but apparently that's not being uh, touched. Um, oh, we have a budget czar, Healy's budget czar, Matthew Gorkovich, uh, said that the average taxpayer should know is that we're on top of the situation. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Yeah, I hope he, I hope he gets paid a lot for that. <laughs> That's your budget czar. They actually call him that on masslive.com. They say, Healy's budgets are Matthew Gorkovich. So, uh, pretty, uh, pretty good there. I don't know what I was thinking. Pretty sick. Yeah. So I saw, I have, uh, friends and people that I follow that are firefighters. So I saw a bunch of them post on Instagram that um, I think a chunk of that, whatever it was, $1.6 million that's being cut um, is actually being cut from programs that 
um, screen for health issues and like cancer in particular, because obviously like guys that make a career of going into fires and breathing smoke um, have a much higher rate of cancer. Uh, it's quite literally cancer fire uh, is their job. And I think a, a solid chunk of that 1.6 million is going to be coming out of um, the programs that currently exist to help firefighters like either get screened or get tested or get treatment. So that's good. <laughs> Tough, man, because everyone loves firefighters. Yeah, I know, right? They're the real heroes. <laughs> I like those damn cops. No. They don't do anything for anybody. They definitely don't protect people. When have they ever helped me? <laughs> uh so so yeah, that's the uh that's the current state. Oh wow, this is great. This guy, Matthew Gorkovich, the the budgets are, has some fantastic quotes in this article. Uh, another quote later on in the article from him says, well, we can't spend what we don't have. You get this guy a raise. This guy is like the Yogi Berra of fucking politics. <laughs> they should uh, cut from another program to give him a raise. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> oh, man. So he said they also have identified certain revenue opportunities that would increase the state's non-tax revenues by $625 million. When pressed for specifics, Gorkovich said the windfall came from quote-unquote interest earnings on state investments, but did not provide much additional detail. So he was like, oh, we also have an idea that we'll be able to collect an extra $625 million. Well, how are you going to do that? Uh, don't worry about it. It's from, it's on interest. Okay. Sick. Oh. So yeah. Yeah. Let's get that guy a raise. Matt Gerkovich. Well, typical fucking politician. Yeah. There's one guy. This guy actually seems legit. So Paul Craney, Paul D. Craney, I don't know who that is, um, but he he provided a quote here at the very end of this article, and it says, uh, Monday's announced cuts were the end result of, quote, many poor economic decisions made by Beacon Hill leaders uh, over the past year, starting with the state's millionaire tax, uh, said spokesperson Paul D. Craney. Our economy thrived for years under a flat tax structure, and we likely could have continued to thrive. Instead, Beacon Hill leaders pig-headedly allowed our competitive edge, the flat tax, to be eliminated, and we're paying the price now. That guy seems smart. I like Paul D. Craney, right? Because let's be real. I'm not, I'm not a millionaire. I'm not even fucking close. I will never be a millionaire in my entire lifetime unless I hit the lottery. But- I can understand the value of not having a millionaire tax in this state. Not if you want people to stay here. <laughs> it's like, well, no, even, it's, as, I, I, even, even as simple as, so someone who is 65 years old, ready to retire, 
they move somewhere warm. And you know what? Maybe they'll spend six months and one day there. Right. Now, know what? Now they're not a Massachusetts resident. Figure it the fuck out. Right. Right. They spend, you know, whatever it is, 183 days or whatever, whatever it comes out to be, 184 days. Um, but yeah, like that is classic, like just seems to me like incomplete thought process, right? Like that's the logic of, I would expect from like a 20 year old, right? Where it's like, oh, well, we need to raise more money. Well, why don't we just tax the rich people more? And then they're just like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. Like no one then had the follow-up to say like, well, if you institute this tax that's going to tax people that are millionaires, why would the millionaires stay here? Like why why wouldn't they just not live here anymore? Well, yeah, no, 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 no that, that, that's, not, that's not a problem. They'll stay and we'll make them pay more taxes for it. It's like the, it's like I said, like that's, the, that's an idea that like I would expect a 20 year old to come up with, right? Like, oh, we need to, you know, we need to raise more money for the state, right? Oh, well, let's tax the millionaires. Oh yeah, it's a great idea. Let's do it. End of conversation. Like no, like Which no was- one thought about the re- the repercussions of that because now we're in a fucking deficit, a massive deficit because we're not collecting as much tax because people are leaving the state. <laughs> like that's a fact. Massive. What did I say in the la- one of the last episodes? Were we the fifth? Fifth on the list of the most fled states in the country between after California, New York, I think it was Illinois, Pennsylvania, and then Massachusetts. But yeah, we should t- we should definitely keep that millionaire tax. Really incentivize people that are millionaires to to stay in the state to pay more taxes. That's so fucking dumb. Like for anyone that did that can't see that situation is so fucking dumb. Well, people are idiots. Yeah, that's true. They are. Well, on that note, you want to wrap this up? We can wrap this up. All right. What do you got? Um, if the Patriots, uh, mine's gonna be very fast. If the Patriots don't uh, hire an actual general manager and they just try to do this like macro Elliot Wolf like whoop de doo fucking GM by committee, I'm not gonna say I'm out because I'm definitely not out, but probably not gonna be attending a game anytime soon. I just really hope they fucking hire an actual GM. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think we're going to find out really soon how much of this goofy shit was Bill and how much of it was ever craft, right? Well, because we, we, Yeah, okay. We will cuz if they don't actually hire a GM and it still sucks, then it's on craft. Then it's craft. Well, because the other thing with the team in general, right, for anyone that's a Patriots fan or been in the area, like for years and years now, there's been like goofy things with like people's job titles and things. And now me personally, I'm not one to make a whole big deal out of a job title anyway, but like on a sports team, like there are specific job titles that exist for a reason, right? Like teams have 
offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators and special teams coordinators. And then they have like assistant head coaches. They have, you know, a linebackers coach, a offensive line coach. Like there are specific coaching positions that exist all across the NFL. And for years and years and years, for whatever reason, the Patriots just didn't assign any titles to any of those guys. So like what we mentioned before, the de facto defensive coordinator, right? The guy that called the plays on the defense was Steve Belichick. But he was listed as like the the secondary coach or something. I don't know. That was Brian Belichick. I don't know what Steve Belichick's job title is because I know Mayo was the linebackers coach, right? And for the longest time, I mean, they they did allow it with Josh when Josh came back, but there was no offensive coordinator and they did give it to Bill O'Brien this year, but there was no offensive coordinator last year. Like Matt Patricia called the plays, but he was an offensive assistant. He was not the offensive coordinator by title, right? So it's like what, and there's never been a GM, right? Like under Bill, like I think even Scott Pioli was like the- It was a GM. Vice, it was after he, like- he was the the vice president of, of player and personnel or something like after Oh four, things got weird when yeah. Weiss and Cornell left. Yeah. And it's like all these people had like weird, goofy titles. Like, um, Dave Ziegler before he left to go to Vegas was like the director of scouting or player personnel or something like, so it's, it's just weird, right? Like it's goofy. And you wonder like, was that bill just trying to be bill and be like, go against the grain and do his thing. Or is that like an organizational thing that Kraft supports, right? Like, I don't know. So like I said, we're going to find out real quick yeah, Well, Kraft's how much of it fuck, was built. So I think yeah. it's both of them because Kraft is a cheap fuck. So he's going to try to not hire a GM so you don't have to pay them an actual GM right. job. Right. Right. So I guess we'll see. We'll see pretty quick. Um. Let's see here. My final thought is um, also a relatively quick one. Um, so Amy and I watched Echo over the last few days. It came out uh, last Wednesday. Uh, have you seen it yet? I watched the first two episodes. Uh, fell asleep through one of them. Okay. Um, so is Echo is the new Marvel show on Disney+. Plus. Uh, it's the spinoff character from Hawkeye. Um, I won't give any spoilers out because it hasn't even been out for a week yet. Um, but I thought it was overall good. It was, it was like, okay to good, right? Like I would give it like a B or like a, maybe a B minus, right? Like it was, it was, it, it wasn't bad. There were some parts of it where I was like, ah, this is a little much. Um, but I mean, this isn't a spoiler because it's in the trailers, but, um, fuck, I'm blanking on the guy's name. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio plays Kingpin and he is a phenomenal villain. Like he is incredible and he makes the series a lot better. Um, so I think it was pretty, it, it was, it was good, right? Like I, like I said, I give it a B, um, a solid 85, right? So there's a, um, 
again, no spoilers, but there's a there's a cameo from a really important character like 10 minutes into the first episode um, that I thought was pretty funny. But that's it. That's all you get of him in the show. But I think it, it's not uh, it's not a secret that he's coming back if you follow the Marvel timeline and see everything that they're going to release. So. Um, but yeah, overall it it was good. I, I liked it. Like I'll probably go back and watch it again. It's only five episodes. Um, I understand in a way why they did it shorter because again, so for people that don't know that don't follow Marvel, like this character is deaf. So well, the, the woman is deaf in real life. I think her name is Alacqua Cox. Um, She's great, right? She's a great actress. I think she does well. Um, but it I, I can understand from like a um like a Hollywood like producer perspective that eight to ten episodes of having to read subtitles when people are talking in American Sign Language, yeah, that could probably be a little much, right? Like I can I can see where like a producer sitting in a boardroom somewhere would say like yeah, we need to make this a little bit shorter. Um, but like as a viewer, I didn't really mind it. And I would have probably liked at least one more episode or them to be a little bit longer. Because they're all, I think the first episode might be an hour, but they're all between like 30 and 40 minutes. And there's only five of them. So, um, and I will say the second episode is the worst one of the five. So that's probably the one that you fell asleep during. Um, but the last the last three are good, right? This the second episode is not good, uh, but the other ones are are solid. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just kind of my take on it, right? Like I I I wish they maybe a little bit longer, maybe one, at least one more episode. Um, but I can understand again why they they probably kept it short. It's also like the new Marvel spotlight, like brand, I guess, which is supposed to be like, it's supposed to be like a, its own thing too. Oh, really? So it, yeah. It doesn't need to lead into anything else. You don't need to know what the hell happened beforehand. It just stands alone. Uh, okay. So I did notice that. And Amy said that to me during like the, the opening credits, like they don't do like the Marvel credits. It's the, first. It's the Marvel spotlight. It's the first Marvel Spotlight thing. Yeah. Okay. So that's interesting. All right. Well, um, that's going to do it for us uh, for game one of the double header. Uh, so thank you for watching. If you're on YouTube, uh, don't forget to hit subscribe up top. Hit the like button down below. Uh, subscribe if you're an audio only listener as well. Uh, tell everybody you know about the show. Spread the word. Uh, you get us on Instagram at Sarcasm Speaks Pod. Twitter is Sarcasm underscore Speaks. Facebook is Sarcasm Speaks. Website, SarcasmSpeaks.com. Go to the merch store, buy some merch, and support all of the sponsors in the show notes below uh, where you can get the links and the promo codes all there in one spot. Um, so that's going to do it for us. Uh, until next time, good night, everybody. <laughs>